my colleague, Executive Editor, Internal Security and Strategic Affairs, Aditya Rajkaul. Aditya, welcome uh, to our first podcast. And I hope we'll be doing many more podcasts in future also. Uh, he broke, Aditya broke this story. And the story was IC814 hijacker Zahur Misri killed in Karachi. Now, Aditya, you know, without wasting more time, uh, my first question to you is, can you take... Hi, Kartika, can you hear me? Now we can hear you. I thought, you know, there's a, t- a technical issue. So, yeah. you know, I took my time to intercede. I, I think uh, now you are, now, now people can listen to you. I, Please go on. Yeah. Did you hear my question properly? I, I didn't hear your question. There was some technical error. Okay. If you could just ask the last question and we can proceed. You see, Aditya, okay. So I'll just reintroduce the subject. You see, our subject is your story, the story which you broke. Now, IC814 is something uh, which I remember as a journalist, I was kept standby uh, in a TV studio. But that's not the issue, Aditya. The issue is India's uh, resolve in context of terrorism, how our response changed post IC814 capture, policies changed, uh, our mechanism changed, there was a working group which subsequently got uh, made. We will all talk about that. But Aditya, what I really want to know, and if you can take a listeners to it, why Karachi? Why Karachi in Pakistan continues to be a place which attract terrorists, mercenaries, and, and they get lost and they find a very stable, peaceful sanctuary away from the world? Thank you so much, uh, Kartike. Uh, of course, it's a big story, uh, something that people are very interested to know about. And in fact, uh, for the first time a few days ago, when I heard about uh, this uh, development taking place, and I was shocked as well. Uh, initially, yes, of course, it's a it has a lot of shock value. Zahul Mistri being killed in Karachi. Who did it? How did it happen? And what was Zahul Mistri actually doing in Karachi? So your question is very much pertinent. Firstly, we need to go back to 99, you know, uh, December 24th, when this really happened. And as you rightly pointed out, Karthike, this really changed the paradigm shift. Uh, the only time later, I would say, that there was a huge paradigm shift was, uh, you know, after the Pulwama terror attack. And, uh, you know, subsequently there was in response Balakot that happened. So uh, I would say uh, from the smallest of detail, you know, at that particular time, uh, we had, uh, you know, airport securities across the country, not just across the country, but perhaps across South Asia and several other regional capitals being beefed up. Uh, We had, uh, as you said, working groups uh, coming up, India's response being worked out. So a lot happened uh, post-1999. Uh, hijacking of IC814. And one of the big developments that happened during that time was the prisoner swap. And three key terrorists, including the JS chief, uh, Maulana Masood Azhar, who actually was released at that particular time, and of course, Omar Sheikh, uh, on whom, you know, several documentaries have already been made, his role with other radical terror organizations and Al-Qaeda in Pakistan and elsewhere, and of course, uh, Zargar as well. So these three key instrument these three key terror figures became uh, i would say a pain for india uh, subsequently in of course diobandi uh, you know I- zahur mystery was one such character out, out of the five uh, you know hijackers of ic814 uh, all five of them were rehabilitated in some way or the other by the pakistani deep state uh, some in Karachi, some in Peshawar, and some in other areas. And uh, subsequently, they they were given, you know, new identities. And uh, they also uh, con- continuously kept moving around, you know. They didn't have one particular location where they resided. Let's also remember one more thing before I, you know, end this first uh, answer. Uh, that National Security Advisor, oh. Ajit Doval, was... Aditya, 
before yeah. you uh, before you end this answer do add yeah. that element of why karachi you see yeah. uh, the yeah. reason why i asked karachi was that when we talk about daniel pearl uh, when we talk about uh, the terrorists from the duran line when we talk about uh, the pakistani mafia it's all in karachi do abbatabad is one context in which we talk about osama bin laden but karachi is a place where maximum number of terrorists have disappeared do add that element to the answer absolutely you know uh, so i was talking about national security advisor ajit doval uh, you know currently who had a very interesting role he among others visited you know kandahar at that particular time and he was one of the lead negotiators so i was just wondering you know perhaps not a, as a journalist but you know someone as an outsider you know looking at this entire development ic814 as a film uh, and ajit doval being one of the central characters uh, you know with it and he perhaps at the back of his mind having this knowledge uh, you know of what exactly happened at that time and let's not forget one thing that i forgot to mention is about the brutal killing of rupin katyal the only indian national who was killed his throat was slit and uh, i'm being told that it was zahur mistri uh, you know who had killed that 25 year old rupin katyal at that particular time and you know of course there were other 179 passengers and other crew members who were released finally safely so yes karachi has been uh, you know kartike one of the uh, you know uh, areas where you know there are safe houses also and the isi prefers it more than you know the hubs of peshawar uh, islamabad uh, lahore or other places you know we have seen uh, you know jaisha mohammed has ha- its headquarters in bawalpur in punjab similarly lashkar e toiba is known for having its uh, you know backyard in muridke in lahore and uh, similarly there are other places you know now it's an open secret how balakot uh, you know the hilltop of balakot was used for several years by masood azhar as one of the main training centers and that's why that was chosen for that particular attack and uh, you know immediately after masood azhar was released by the indian government he started that camp at balakot and even today even after that attack that balakot camp is very much active okay yes, you know in your in your in your story you also mention that rof azgar from जैश मोहम्मद रिमेंबर इज दैट यू नो आईसी 814 वाज वन ऑफ द की यू नो यू नो थिंग्स दैट हैपेंड इन द हिस्ट्री ऑफ जैश मोहम्मद एंड इंडिया पाकिस्तान टाइज इज वेल यू नो मसूद अजहर वाज एट द कोट बलवाल जेल इन इंडिया इन जम्मू एंड कश्मीर एंड हिज रिलीज्ड ओनली हैपेंड बिकॉज़ ऑफ यू नो दैट एंटायर ऑपरेशन so masood azhar his family the kader very much know about this operation and are uh, indebted to all the key elements not just the five hijackers but the conspirators who were deeply involved in this planning this entire operation uh, in pakistan and elsewhere so uh, you know not just rauf azhar but other brothers of maulana masood azhar their nephews and others have uh, this knowledge and uh, would do anything possible to safeguard the interests 
and life of these hijackers so uh, not just rauf asgar but my information from the intelligence agencies reveals that uh, several key elements of uh, jaisha mohammed uh, hierarchy the top brass were very much uh, you know there in uh, karachi when the final rites took place of course uh, the death had happened at akhtar colony i didn't explain uh, you know there were two shooters who came in a bike there's a cctv footage that was released by geo tv uh, and geo tv mentioned that a local businessman was killed you rightly pointed out he owned a crescent furniture for last several years uh, he was known uh, among the local community of shopkeepers and you know uh, furniture association locally in karachi but uh, when i approached several members through uh, directly and also through local pakistani journalists uh, several of these members nobody dared to speak and everyone said that we have been asked not to speak about it i also spoke to several key journalists in pakistan who you know report on terrorism very closely and they said there's a direct order and you know from where Uh, that we should not report uh, in detail about it but as i said so, you know aditya yeah, sorry yeah. i am interrupting you because Please. i think you, you are talking about something very very important and i think people in india will be very much interested in knowing this because since you have broken the story is this killing or is this killing about the internal feud between various terrorist groups or can we say it was an action uh as form of a justice which followed something like a surgical strike is there any intel available on that firstly i'll very honestly say kartike that nobody in the indian intelligence apparatus or the security apparatus has spoken in detail about this yes uh, i've got a confirmation both by the indian and the pakistani intelligence saying that this has happened as i said several journalists have also confirmed and you know confessed to me that they've been asked not to report about it but you know if you ask me personally uh you know what has happened and how i see this uh i don't see this as any kind of a feud i don't even see this as the pakistani deep state or even jaish e mohammed or any other deobandi or sunni islamist organization uh you know killing him because there wasn't any reason i see this as destiny perhaps being an equalizer and you know what i mean by that uh i mean that there is some kind of an uh you know element uh that the indian uh, deep state perhaps wanted to avenge this uh, have they avenged it uh, perhaps history will tell us years from now or uh, you know if ever india accepts this i don't know if you know, this, this this is where i wanted you to come uh this is where i wanted you to come because the reason why i'm asking this question is that since you have been covering defense for a long time during upa surgical strikes took place but they were not politically mentioned during nda surgical strikes took place but they were mentioned as part of the uh, strategy to give a message that certain goal posts are being changed not only we are going to do it but we are going to announce it that we have done it so the reason why i'm asking you is if if you're saying it it is an equalizer and if you're ruling out that it's not because of the pakistani deep state it's not because of any terrorist group within pakistan then why is the deep state on the other side quiet when it can be a point of victory satisfaction justice a closure well i absolutely a pertinent question but you know how things work in the you know intelligence apparatus not just in india but across the globe uh, there are things that happen for instance mossad you know how they work and uh, how they operate in several countries etc and sometimes of course things have come out in media but there have been most of the times that 
you know uh, the cia work or the mossad work hasn't really come out in uh, you know media or they haven't accepted openly publicly that this has happened in this particular case as i said that the current nsa was closely involved when this uh, you know hijacking happened he was uh, you know one of the lead negotiators he personally went to kandahar uh, his photograph of that you know historic photograph of him uh, you know in the backdrop of that indian airlines flight is very much known so i personally would believe that you know i would strike a, a little bit of a difference between a surgical strike or a you know a, a kind of a military uh, or a diplomatic response is one thing but an intelligence based op- operation uh, something that uh, you know is uh, covertly done is something very different so my in my perspective i could be wrong uh, i could very well be wrong but in my perspective this is perhaps a covert operation by done someone uh, without any you know uh any other reason because i have ruled out any other reason there wasn't any kind of a you know dispute that uh, zahur mistri was involved in he wasn't actively a participant of jaisha mohammed in any of these terror activities recently uh, against india as you would remember kartike one of the hijackers was killed in the parliament killing uh, the parliament attack uh, case and uh, two others also subsequently died but uh, one or two were alive and he is one of them and my information latest information is that one of these uh, persons who is still active is in peshawar right now uh, immediately after the killing of zahur mistri he was in karachi also but he shifted to peshawar so uh, you know you you you're very right in asking that why didn't the indian government perhaps come out if it indeed is the indian deep state who has done this but my perspective is that you know this is an operation perhaps just to convey a message this is an operation where uh you know it had to be evinced perhaps and that is what happened uh still i have been interacting with pakistan media uh, friends who uh, some of them are still not ready to accept that you know uh, he is someone uh, you know who is uh, actually zahur mistri but there is a wide uh, majority of them who say that you know you are bank correct because when we verified from the local police the local agencies and the intelligence bureau of uh, pakistan they weren't forthcoming they weren't ready in fact we have visuals of uh, the local police etc outside the house of zahur mistri in the akhtar colony in karachi and they look puzzled they they don't know what to say it's a one minute uh, long video in which uh, you know i've seen uh, the development so uh, the entire media has now reported i mean today i saw ndtv times now and times of india and hindustan times okay. detailed similar reports on this mm-hmm. so uh, there's no doubt about that that this has happened uh-huh. but as i said will we know uh, the reality of who did it why it was done perhaps after some time perhaps but i don't Adhikar, see indian government agreeing to no i i i think you are making a very fine point you know uh, to differentiate between a military sponsored surgical strike and intelligence based operation yes they are two different thing there are two different uh, aspects you know when a state response uh, in context of terrorism i i completely agree my question was per- perhaps more on the political side of it the sort of the nature of the beast in the sense that how uh, government has behaved last seven and a half years but i think you have perfectly answered my question that maybe in this case uh, they don't want to come out but have you picked up anything from your sources uh, as to now what's happening uh, in pakistan because uh, i very uh, i have i have noticed that whenever an action like this has happened most of the dreaded terrorists are either relocated or they are sent back to prisons because pakistan have used their prisons as safe havens for their strategic assets have you picked up something like that 
very interesting question uh, kartike and um, i'm sure again this question is something that you know people in india and people who observe india pakistan ties and the deep state activities and terrorism would like to know so one thing that has happened and it has been reported by uh, you know some of the media persons my friends snehesh and others arvind and you know others are here who cover terrorism very closely and they would vouch for it that after kabul fell and taliban came into control the jaisha mohammed kader who was actively involved with taliban uh, actually was released by you know the taliban uh, particularly the haqqani network from various prisons around kabul and other areas so those kaders are slowly now moving towards pakistan and pakistan occupied kashmir in fact uh, i reported this a few weeks ago i was in a different media organization at that time and uh, we 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 got videos of a few gen- a few terrorists actually entering pakistan occupied kashmir a place called ravlakot and being welcomed by celebratory firing jaisha mohammed flags uh, being unfurled and the the tarana the famous tarana of jaisha mohammed being played uh, all around so well, my information is that you know uh, these terrorists are very much active uh, they are at the, these various camps and launch pads in pakistan occupied kashmir one new thing that we have witnessed in the recent perhaps couple of years is that there are houses that have been constructed uh, very close to the loc in pakistan occupied kashmir where uh, you know veterans of pakistan army particularly from punjab in pakistan have been uh, given these houses and uh, a stipend by the pakistan army and the isi and uh, one of the rooms or couple of rooms inside that house are kept as uh, should we call it launch pads or perhaps a safe uh, haven uh, for the terrorists who are about to enter uh, kashmir so this is a change in strategy that was okay. really uh, you know in recent uh, years seen that pakistani army veterans uh, themselves with their families staying there and uh, these terrorists of jaisha mohammed and others getting uh, accommodated with them but okay. there's a change in infiltration also uh, the infiltration uh, that was at its peak around 2018 even 19 okay uh, has reduced drastically as of now okay aditya tell me one thing this development has taken place at a time when pakistani establishment is primarily focused on afghanistan the events which have taken place on duran line because you would recall that 3 weeks ago even the taliban the sort of leadership which pakistani is built inside pakistan because the taliban one was something which was very very indigenous uh, they had support from uh, the shuras but the leadership was all about kandahar and other areas but this time the leadership of taliban was built by pakistan by pakistani shuras now in the case when taliban had not acknowledged the durand line the firings had taken place uh, pakistan uh was focused on what was happening in afghanistan it continues to do so so have you picked up any chatter how taken aback the pakistani dispensation was about this killing were they taken by complete surprise because if you look at the larger narrative the focus of the pakistani deep state right now is primarily in afghanistan and for this to happen uh, what sort of chatter have you picked up see one thing is for sure that they are surprised and shocked uh, but there isn't much that is coming out uh, from there because usually what we see is that and i'm i'll be very open and blatant about it that when 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 narrative is concerned when messaging is concerned when information warfare is concerned i think pakistan is much ahead of what india is at i mean there are various examples of it what happened after balakot what happened after article 370 abrogation uh, yes diplomatically politically we might have prevailed we might have also perhaps uh, you know isolated them at international forums but information warfare is another ball game 
and that's where pakistan time and again has prevailed so this time around usually we see pakistan responding in some way or the other but you're right uh, they for last more than a year are fully engaged towards afghanistan about their uh, you know western border and the eastern border hasn't been a priority and that's why uh, on 25th feb we see uh, you know a year being completed of uh, the ceasefire agreement for the first time in 2000 after 2003 and i'm surprised that perhaps for the first time we had uh, the entire border between india and pakistan completely silent yes the infiltrations were there uh, time and again but uh, there was no firing there was no cover fire there were no targeting of civilians etc taking place so uh, there is a sense of shock within the deep state but uh, this perhaps isn't something that completely is uh, uh, you know something that they didn't expect perhaps you know every time such an incident happens it is at the back of their mind that this particular person uh, could aditya, be attacked aditya yeah. do you recall do you because you know i'm just trying to connect dots with you do you recall that uh, uh, last year when that uh, of, an attempt on one of the biggest terrorists in pakistan uh, was made yes i'm yes, forgetting absolutely. Uh, absolutely. i'm forgetting i'm forgetting uh, the name yes uh, in fact uh, you know I, i don't know if you're mentioning the same thing a few months back it happened uh, i think in lahore if i'm not wrong yes uh, outside the house of hafiz said yes uh, just, so, yes absolutely spot on spot on aditya so when it happened there was escalation at uh, line of control I- immediately within 24 to 48 hours but nothing of that sort has happened right now nothing has happened in fact uh, you, i actually wanted to uh, you know pick up this because at that time also there was a lot of speculation both in indian and pakistani media that was this uh, an indian deep state operation was this india's rnaw because every time you know anything happens in balochistan or khyber pakhtunwa uh, the pakistan media jumps at the rnaw and says that it is the rnaw that is involved in some way in funding these baloch organizations or khyber pakhtunwa based uh, pashtun tahaffuz movement and others so yes unusually silence uh, a stony silence being maintained maintained both by the deep state and the pakistan government because there are many reasons kartikeya one of course is the reason that we have discussed ad nauseum is about the fatf you know it's been four years that pakistan has been under this pressure economic pressure of the fatf uh, and there are rumors that you know uh, there's only one uh, of the points that pakistan has not fulfilled in the 26 point agenda of fatf and if pakistan does not follow that by the end of the year it could perhaps enter in the blacklist and that one point is taking action against un designated terrorists including masood azhar hafiz said and others that certainly will not happen so pakistan could very well be in the blacklist one second is the internal turmoil politically that we are witnessing uh, in pakistan so my report suggests not just you know politically but also within the pakistan army of uh, bajwa not getting an extension will he get an extension is a big uh, talking point right now what will the you know the isi chief that uh, was critical who played a very critical role uh, in kabul uh, faiz what will be his role in future will he take over in some way uh, another thing is the feud between as i mentioned between the uh, pti and the opposition yesterday evening only zardari uh, shabash sharif and uh, others came out in a press conference they have yesterday filed a no confidence motion against imran khan so politically imran khan is at a spot right now there are various senior leaders of the pti leadership including jahangir tarin who is also known as the pti money bag uh, who have totally turned against imran khan so uh, will he continue to be the puppet of the pakistan army because next year there are elections that are going to happen 
so uh, will the you know will there be someone else perhaps from nawaz sharif's party or uh, you know bilawal bhutto's party but would this uh, would this have a bearing on imran khan's government which is really torturing uh, not only in con- you know in terms of uh, political instability or uh, the sort of difference of opinion within his larger coalition he has been but also in terms of uh, uh security issues if you if you if you look at pakistan uh and divorce india for a minute you'll find that except china uh, the state has no uh, support structure absolutely bang on kartike uh, you know what i was mentioning is that you know pakistan government uh, the islamabad government so as to say is very much busy right now i mean they're busy uh, to take these political challenges from Uh, the opposition zardari uh, shabaz sharif the pakistan you know the, the pashtun tahfuz movement and others uh, so they are completely engaged with that one of the only achievements of imran khan in his tenure has been the formation of uh, the taliban's afghanistan and hakani network perhaps would be very much thankful to uh, not imran khan but perhaps the deep state of pakistan for it and that's that's how the road ahead would be there would be a huge coordination between hakani network and pakistan uh, army this particular case of zahoor mystery being eliminated i don't see any kind of consequences taking shape but one thing is clear that you know pakistan army or the isi will not let this go there will be uh, some kind of a response it might not be immediate as i say uh, you know as we say uh, you know every uh, such operation has a timing and a place and perhaps pakistan uh, in this game will choose the place and timing accordingly but as of now they have their own priorities in the backyard kartike i would remind you of what happened even last month uh, and the first week of march uh, when we had uh, a huge crisis happening in balochistan in noshki and bajgur where we saw for the first time in years uh, a a lot of heads have rolled for the next one year so this is perhaps deep state action in pakistan or something which was very traumatic uh, uh, something which was very traumatic uh, i think mr dowal himself uh, had flown to jammu and uh, taken possession of the two terrorists who were handed over you know it led to this led to number of reforms within our security architecture the plane could not be stopped in amritsar i think these are the stories which people should uh, know uh, our crisis response group could not decide whether to deflate the tire or not and then ultimately from dubai the plane landed in kandahar and half of the india did not know uh, what was the nature of the beast which was in operation in uh, afghanistan very much so very much so uh, i mean uh, the current nsa was personally involved with this entire operation 
and uh, these three terrorists as i said who were released uh, became a huge problem not just for india but for the united states and others as well i mean forget molana masood azhar uh, you know omar sheikh uh, was uh, you know directly involved with the daniel pearl assassination he was directly Absolutely. involved with several other uh, terrorist attack that took place so all three of them became a huge pain and i would uh, remember i think it was four or five years ago uh, you know i had interviewed no i i, I had interviewed sayed salaudin the chief of hizbul mujahideen in 2012 and uh, uh, i i had joined a different organization in 2017 and through an emissary uh, this zargar the third terrorist who was released in, hi- in the hijack reached out to me and he wanted to give an interview but uh, circumstances were such that you know we didn't want to give space to a terrorist at that particular time and i didn't interview him uh, but all three of them have got uh, you know uh, s- state support and sanction for a very long time one of the mysteries that i would also talk about here is where masood azhar is because kartike i, I don't know if you have also noticed uh, over the years you know i have picked up a lot of chatter uh, of masood azhar audios roaming around and he has a spokesperson fazullah and saifullah who come out with his audios regularly uh, you know uh, you know he writes an editorial page he calls himself a journalist masood azhar and he runs an al kalam weekly uh, in which in urdu he writes uh, you know a chatter and then it was uh, like a podcast sent out all across uh, but we haven't seen masood azhar in years together so is he alive uh, is masood azhar still somewhere in peshawar or bawalpur or any other place nobody knows so uh, it would be you know all you know are you are you, are you are you trying to draw a parallel like akunzada well yes well yes i mean and uh, the world came to know later that mullah umar is no more i think 2 years after he passed away if i'm not wrong or one and a half much, years after very much right you're absolutely bang on that's what happened with mullah umar also and in years we haven't seen where mullah masood azhar is right now so very well we could see a situation right now that perhaps a former army general or a senior army guy of pakistan army has been placed as the jaisa mohammed chief right now uh, in place of masood azhar but you know we haven't seen there's no proof uh, in any international press or indian or pakistani media of masood azhar's presence the last audio that i remember and you know i do recognize masood azhar's voice was in uh, somewhere in 2018 when uh, uh, you know there was a bsf camp outside the srinagar airport that was attacked and uh, he came out with an audio of uh, you know it was it was a long audio it was a one hour long audio that i had received in which he took responsibility and he indicated that now kashmiris will also uh, rebel against and in months from now the pulwama uh, attack uh, took place after that uh, audio was released so at that time you know i've never spoken about this the nia reached out to me the nia summoned me because i had reported that story so i gave them the audio uh, and they asked me how they how i got that audio etc from the dark web but that's what happened so last we have heard from masood azhar is somewhere between 17 and 18 and since then he has been completely gone off the radar there was some rumor in between that he is unwell and he is being treated at a military hospital in rawalpindi but again after that uh, the news vanished and he was nowhere to be seen so very well in a couple of years we could see a situation that uh, masood azhar is no more with us uh, aditya how many other terrorists uh, are active of those who were released uh during ic814 episode can you take us through the remaining actors sure, sure. i think uh, there are two of them uh, who are very much uh, you know alive right now and as i mentioned in the beginning of uh, the chat 
uh, one of them i think is uh, shahid akhtar sayed and he is uh, you know uh, someone who is in peshawar right now as i said after uh, zahur mistri was eliminated there was of course a lot of shock that happened and immediately both these guys were shifted uh, to a safe location so and mushtaq zargar aditya uh come again mushtaq uh, mushtaq zargar no zargar is uh, alive and he is somewhere in pakistan occupied kashmir but i'm talking about uh, the two people uh, who were the hijackers who are very much alive right now ibrahim azhar and shahid akhtar sayed so both of them are in pakistan right now shahid akhtar's location i know he is in peshawar in a safe house ibrahim azhar i do not know right now he is a close relative of molana masood azhar and currently off the radar but very much in pakistan and uh, you know we were discussing about rao wasgar so after molana masood azhar a couple of uh, years ago uh, became so as to say inactive or not uh, in the radar rao wasgar has almost taken the reins of uh, jaish e mohammad and rao wasgar is the operational chief he looks at the uh, entire infiltration that happens he also commands uh, you know any kind of terror attack of jaish e mohammad that happens in the kashmir valley uh, also he looks at the coordination between jaish e mohammad and uh, hizbul mujahideen because a lot of the ground activities of jaish e mohammad in kashmir valley are being done by the ogws of hizbul mujahideen who have the biggest network across south and uh, north kashmir so rauf azgar perhaps would be someone that we should you know look at in future uh, taking the command of jaish e mohammad after molana masood azhar and uh, of course as i said uh, you know umar sheikh was in jail he was being tried for daniel pearl last i heard i think he had got bail but the pakistan government had said that they will appeal again so uh, he might be inside the prison still uh, zargar's location is not exactly known last i had as I, as i said he had approached us for an interview he was somewhere around punch uh, opposite uh, you know in the pok site but you uh, but you uh, um, mention uh, in your story and well i'll quote it verbatim sources and intelligence also told news 9 that the top jaish e mohammad leadership including rauf azgar attended the funeral prayer for akhun in karachi now there are two things here uh, the significance of his attendance and do you know in past whether he made a public appearance like that and has he attended any funeral of those who were once associated with it and the fact that he was there does it mean that this gentleman zahu misri was still active aditya yes uh, two parts to your question so first on rauf asgar what i'll tell you is that uh, usually what happens is that uh, in the last several years i mean post 2016 uh, there are at least two to three relatives of molana masood azhar who came to kashmir i think two of them were his nephews himself and uh, you would perhaps remember on several tv channels uh, photographs of nephew of masood azhar being flashed with an m4 american assault rifle uh particularly in north and south kashmir uh, sorry in south kashmir and uh, they being finally eliminated by the jnk police and army so what happens is that once those guys are killed there are funeral prayers in absentia that are organized both in uh, you know jaish e mohammed headquarters and in pakistan occupied kashmir so this rauf azgar character mostly stays in pok and that's where the absentia prayers are held and he does attend that but there aren't very frequent uh, public appearances of uh, rauf asgar that have been noted but uh, you know he played a very critical role in pulwama he was i would say in many ways uh, one of the key conspirators of the pulwama terror attack i mean i went through the do- dossier of uh, the indian government 
that was submitted both to the pakistan and to the un also and rauf asghar's photograph was very much prominent as one of the first persons as key conspirators of pulwama so rauf has been very much active he is still active but public appearance not so much so his photograph also is i think a few years old uh, that is available with the indian intelligence agencies apart from that on zahur mistry i would say he was not active he had uh, he was of course in touch with the uh, you know jaish e mohammed leadership but he wasn't active he wasn't being used for any kind of operations but uh, he he was giving a given a new identity of zahid akunt and he uh, owned the uh, you know the crescent furniture uh, shop there and that's what what he was busy with maybe he was used for local errands uh, in karachi and other areas but uh, actively uh, any uh, role being given to him by jaish e mohammed or being used on kashmir or any other front uh, highly unlikely and as of now i haven't heard any of that uh एंड लास्टली ये सवाल मैं हिंदी में पूछूंगा क्योंकि इसी से शुरुआत की थी मैंने क्या ये माना जाए कि हम ये विश्वास कर सकते हैं कि कहीं ना कहीं भारत की तरफ से जवाब दिया गया है कि हम एक एक व्यक्ति को पकड़ के एक एक आतंकवादी को जाने नहीं देंगे छोड़ेंगे नहीं जस्टिस होगा जस्टिस विल टेक प्लेस आईसी स्टोरी विल नॉट बी फॉर वेल यस यू नो बहुत सारा इसमें आर्टिकल्स uh, लिखे गए हैं और बहुत सारी इसमें इन्वेस्टिगेशन भी की गई है कि जब मुंबई 26-11 का हमला भी हुआ था उसके बाद भी सरकार के सामने बहुत यू uh, नो you know, uh, चीज़ें थीं कि वो कर सकते थे uh, बहुत डिप्लोमेटिक uh, स्टेप्स भी लिए गए उसके बाद लेकिन uh, जैसे शिवशंकर मेनन ने अपनी किताब में भी लिखा है कि उस वक्त भी हम एक स्ट्राइक का प्लान कर रहे थे जिसमें मुरीद के जो हेडकोर्टर्स है लश्कर तयबा का उसको हम उड़ा देते या फिर कोई ऐसा ही का ठिकाना था, उसको उड़ा देते लेकिन नहीं किया। शिवशंकर मेनन की बात उस वक्त पॉलिटिकल लीडरशिप नहीं मानी थी वो किताब में लिखा है कि उन्होंने बोला था कि होना चाहिए बिल्कुल आप सही कह रहे हैं कि उस वक्त की पॉलिटिकल लीडरशिप ने नहीं माना था लेकिन ठीक है आई मीन वी आर नॉट हेयर टू डिस्कस पॉलिटिक्स तो मैं उस पे ज्यादा नहीं जाऊंगा लेकिन हाँ ये जरूर है कि जब ऐसा कोई हिस्टोरिक वाक्य होता है चाहे छब्बीस ग्यारह हो चाहे यू नो आई सी एट वन फोर हो चाहे पुलवामा हो और उसमें जो यू नो कैरेक्टर्स इन्वॉल्व होते हैं और जो मैं कैरेक्टर्स की बात कर रहा हूँ इंक्लूडिंग द इंटेलिजेंस अपैरेटर्स एंड द सिक्योरिटी अपैरेटर्स और कुछ ऐसे गांव होते हैं कार्तिके मैं इस लिहाज में आपको बताऊंगा कि वो गांव हमेशा से रहते हैं और विदाउट नेमिंग एनी बर्न आई वुड से दैट ये गाँव मुझे लगता है आई का उस वक्त की रूपिन कटियाल की मृत्यु हुई हमको तीन आतंकवादी छोड़ने पड़े और उसके बाद भारत की बदनामी भी हुई और बहुत एक मुझे लगता है कि एक पैराडाइम शिफ्ट सिक्योरिटी नैरेटिव में उस वक्त हुआ तो ये मुझे लगता है कि इन्होंने एक टाइम एंड प्लेस चूज़ किया कि अभी पूरी दुनिया भी बिजी है पाकिस्तान भी बिजी है तो ये राइट टाइम होगा एवेंच करने का क्योंकि जैसा कि आपने 2019 में भी कार्तिक देखा होगा कि तीन पर बहुत जो जो है चर्चा सालों से हो रही थी बीजेपी तो 40 साल से अपने मैनिफेस्टो पे लिखती थी कि हम 370 हटाएंगे और कोई विश्वास नहीं करता था मैं मैं खासकर विश्वास नहीं करता था कि बीजेपी कभी कर पाएगी लेकिन उस वक्त के जो यू नो आरएनएडब्ल्यू चीफ हैं जो मुझे पता है वो प्रधानमंत्री के पास गए और उन्होंने बोला कि सर अभी ही हम कर सकते हैं क्योंकि पाकिस्तान रिएक्शन करने के मोड में नहीं है उनके कैंप वहाँ पर बंद हो गए हैं पी में और एफ का प्रेशर है और अफगानिस्तान में भी वो लोग बहुत बिजी हैं तो अभी ही हमको करना पड़ेगा और एक अश्योरेंस दी गई इंटेलिजेंस अपैरेटर्स से कि आप अभी कीजिए और कोई रिस्पांस नहीं आएगा और वही हुआ डिप्लोमेटिकली हो मिलिट्री लेवल पर हो या अदरवाइज हो पॉलिटिकली कोई ऐसा रिस्पांस जो है बिग टाइम नहीं आया हाँ भारत के लिए बहुत बड़ा कदम था 
और उसके बाद हमने देखा इतिहास में क्या क्या हुआ लेकिन भारत ने कर दिखाया you know you know i did the reason why i asked this question is not you know it's not as if people have not seen munich you know there there is a desire that you know that you know indian should get justice you know india and indian should get justice because of the sort of terror activities which have taken place and plagued indian cities for the last 25 years mumbai uh, surat pune tiffin bombs uh, pressure cooker bombs cycle bombs motorcycles taxi i remember i was in school uh, the riots in 1993 and the subsequent blast so i would just like to uh, ask you the concluding uh, question when you when you, when you broke the story uh, when you broke this story uh, of this shootout what was the first thing which came to your mind aditya honestly the first thing that came to my mind was that is this a plant you know is this a plant uh, story so that you know there is some kind of a narrative that is built etc because honestly as a journalist uh, who covers security and diplomacy a lot of these plants come both uh, you know by pakistan by india by you know several other agencies etc because you know it's a war of narratives also so you know what we are witnessing right now between ukraine and uh, i wouldn't say between ukraine and russia but between united states and russia it's an information war and russia might be militarily invading but on the information front i think ukraine has prevailed i don't know for how long but they have so in this case also you know there's an information war but i had to at multiple level uh, you know do checks and balances as i said i approached uh, both uh, pakistan army personnel also and serving pakistan army personnel and intelligence people there and uh, you know in not uh, in direct way but indirectly they confirmed to me that you know this has happened similarly here also in the intelligence and the national security apparatus i reached out i checked videos i checked uh, you know what had happened i spoke to crime reporters also down in karachi on what they think had happened and what was the message and who really conveyed that message that this should not be reported so uh, honestly uh, in in a reporter's mind of course it's a big story but uh, you know it could have turned either way so that i had to do these checks and balances down on ground at least for uh, you know 2 uh, to 3 days because first march this happened by second march i knew about it and it's only you know two days back that we broke the story so i took a few days uh, to really see uh, you know how this goes because uh, it should not be a plant it should not be something that you know uh, could be called uh, a bluff uh, you know or a fake story so now i'm pretty much sure that, you know this has happened and as you see you know after news 9 broke this the entire media has taken up this story and perhaps i do hope that you know perhaps me or any other investigation journalist bring out more uh, clarity on what had happened and uh, where his family is where the jaisham mohammed kader is and perhaps you know a lot that happens is that jaisham mohammed reveals a lot of propaganda videos and uh, as i said al kalam weekly and uh, perhaps they give him a tribute because that ha- that's what happens every time a terrorist is killed in jaisham mohammed they pay uh, respects to him through a tribute so i'm waiting uh, to capture that uh, and perhaps we can speak again on that day thank you uh, thank you so much aditya because uh, the, the story which you broke uh, on ic814 uh, is has its own stories if i again i have to say that i was in a school when mufti mohammad said was then home minister of this uh, country and uh, kidnapping of one of his daughters took place and the terrorists were released ic814 was again a sort of a response by the state uh, which at particular point of time a lot of people said that will have great ramifications but then the political leadership uh, headed by atul bihari vajpayee had the view that the lives of the indians are at stake and there is nothing more important than that uh, and subsequently this led to a lot of uh, uh, 
security reforms committee was made by uh, home minister was lk advani number of uh, i would say uh, decisions were taken which were properly ultim- uh, uh, implemented one of them was uh, multi agency cell ability to uh, ability to share information with everyone and and, and i think the reforms uh, continued and i think ic814 changed lot of things within the within the government and the res- and the way it would respond uh, to the terror attacks but again uh, aditya as we know that during the mumbai attack uh, the curve at which we were supposed to learn uh, was not quick enough and we were taken by surprise but uh, i would say congratulations for making a fantastic story uh, and uh, and it was a it extremely uh, riveting and informative podcast with you i hope to have many more such uh, informative podcasts on stories which have made from afghanistan and pakistan and thank you all of you for joining this podcast with me and aditya thank you all thank you so much kartike and the entire production team thank you so much <laughs>